0: When Chris Neal's injured, how does he sort of maintain that pugnacity that he's famous for? I just see him going to hardware stores and arguing with people for no reason. That's the the Chris Neal experience in-game, and, and that's probably the best way he can replicate it while he's hurt. Just basically starting fights with people that uh, want nothing to do with him.
1: Do you think Chris Neal's going to still be scratched when he's healthy? Do you think Dave Cameron has the balls to scratch both his A's? Okay, that came out wrong. Do you think Chris Neal... Do you think Dave Cameron has the... No, you said it right the first time. Yeah, yeah, okay, do you think... You dotted in red. Remember Todd White. Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you ask. It's the and Luke Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode actually I'm not sure what episode this is, we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, this is the Chet Sellers and Luke Pristie Podcast. I'm Luke, and as always, I'm joined by the man who can't get a professional tryout with Binghamton, no matter how long he stands outside Luke Richardson's house in the rain. It's Chet Sellers. (laughs) How you doing, man? i am doing quite well
0: uh, welcome uh, well I would say welcome back except uh, Luke Peristi's on every podcast so it's not like uh, it's not like anything's changed
1: really is, is, is that so because uh, I think there's a couple people who might take exception to that comment <laughs> I don't remember being uh, introduced or even being on the last podcast as it turns out and-
0: uh, Luke Peristi was on the last podcast the uh, uh, who was playing it might have been a different story
1: but uh, that's not my problem if you're not available you're not available the show's got to go on I mean, let's be honest here, though, that I mean, look, you did what you could. You, you were in trouble. You needed to you, like the people wanted content. You had to put it out there and you did the best you could. And it was an unmitigated disaster, <laughs> if we're honest. <laughs> and and the worst part is not only was it an unmitigated
0: disaster, but uh, the guy that I uh, brought in to play Luke Paristi, I'll, I'll be honest, I just met him at the bus station about 10 minutes earlier. Uh, well that's how we met, so it makes sense. And he robbed me after we finished taping uh and stabbed me twice with a carpet cutter. So that was that was unfortunate. But the show had to go on, you know, and I, I sort of see the character of Luke Peristi sort of like James Bond. Different uh different people can inhabit it, bring their own thing to it. Um and, you know, if anything, uh Luke Peristi, I feel uh historically has uh, suffered from a lack of diversity. Right? Why not get a person of color to be Luke Peristi? Why not get a woman to be Luke Peristi? <laughs> Right? I mean, I think it's overdue, quite frankly.
1: And uh, anything I can do to kind of jazz it up a little bit, I'm going to do it. Look, you can say that as much as you want, but I'm all about the purity of the Luke Pristy brand. And I think that, you know, there's... <laughs> Stormfront.org. <only, there's... laughs> Let, let's face it here. Like, you can bring in others to, to play Luke Pristy but there's only one true original. And, you know, what you're talking about is kind of like a scotch blend. And I'm all... I'm like, Luke Pristy's a single malt. See, you you think
0: that you're the, like, Sean Connery of being Luke but actually you're that guy, you're the David Niven. You're the guy from the...
1: (laughs) Uh, going deep on the James Bond stuff. Google (laughs) it, kids. You're insulting me playing myself. That's the best part, actually. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you may be able to play yourself, but I think there's other people that may be able to do it better. Uh, But it does, it does uh, add an interesting dimension in terms of uh, what to call this podcast, because for me, like, I kind of consider the last podcast to be sort of a fan fiction podcast, if you will. I don't think it's canon, you know, (laughs) at best, it's extended universe. So, like, was there really an episode z smith or is that just something that some other fans put out while they were waiting for the next episode i don't feel like you know episode z smith truly captured our vision for the podcast and so you I'll, so you want
0: to start over you wanted you want to do a second official episode 15 right
1: i i will i will call, here's the thing I, I wouldn't say episode 15 i'm gonna say episode 15.5 episode 15.5 this okay. is episode mckechran point salo that's what this is <laughs> Should we should we get to actual uh actual uh, hockey chat then? Well, here's the thing about hockey chat. In the last episode, which again did not involve me in any way, I believe you guys said something along the lines of there's no way Paul McClain's gonna get fired. As I recall, Luke Peristi and I um vigorously agreed with one another that Paul McLean would not be fired. Paul McClain got fired. <laughs> I heard about that. Yes, there's a new person coaching the Ottawa Senators, and his name is Dave Cameron. You know, one of I the things one of the things that I, I have noticed about having Dave Cameron as a coach
0: in the last month or so, you know, as much as we all loved Paul McClain when he was the coach of the Senators, uh, I don't know that anybody really misses Paul McClain. Like, I don't hear anybody saying, oh, I wish we'd
1: never fired Paul McClain. I wish he was still around. Here's the thing about Paul McClain is that... Part of me thinks that maybe he benefited uh, he benefited s- somewhat from a first relationship after your horrible ex effect. Where, I think like- that, yeah, I think that's part of it. Paul McClain was a
0: character, right? And he oh, was had he a cool mustache. And he came in and he was very quotable. And yeah, I mean, in that respect, he was completely different from Corey Cluston. You know, and I think he's probably a pretty good coach. Like, he's obviously going to get another job somewhere, like Philadelphia or Columbus or something like that at some point, or Minnesota. Um, And I'm sure he'll have success. I mean, he's made no secret of the fact that he thinks, you know, he's been done wrong by the senators and he's not the reason that the team is bad. Uh, and the fact that he keeps showing up at games because he's on the payroll, even though he, he doesn't have anything to do, I think is hilarious. But I, I, I you know, I, I guess the firing makes sense if they can squeeze a little bit more out of this lemon under Dave Cameron. And so far they have. On the other hand, I don't think firing Paul McClain necessarily matters in terms of, you know, I think what we're starting to see is that the team just isn't talented enough for the coach to make a big difference, right? Like, I don't think that Dave Cameron well, you Paul say- or anybody is gonna is gonna necessarily make this roster into a playoff team based on what we're seeing so far
1: i don't know man i mean let's face it like dave Dave cameron's come in here and done stuff that we never thought anyone would ever do like scratching chris phillips taking a crowbar (laughs) to chris Neal's kneecaps so he doesn't play for several weeks he what, what i like about dave cameron is that weird
0: sort of gravelly monotone half east coast half like Jersey Boys accent that he's got. Like, that his is voice is accent I've fascinating. ever heard.
1: <laughs> I, just, I put on, like, eight-minute-long Dave Cameron clips just to listen to his voice try to figure out what's going on there. I honestly... I, I, I think it might be a vocoder. Like, I think it might
0: be, like, a super sophisticated version of what Stephen Hawking has. So he sounds like he's a little bit underwater all the time, a little bit Swedish, a little bit Jersey, a little bit East Coast. Like, it's... I can't... But, I can't but like, at the same time, it's, it. it's also
1: a very smooth voice as well. Like, it's, it's very deep and strange. It's one of the deepest like, voices I've ever heard. But I can't oh, make heads or tails of that accent. He seems to be decent so far. I haven't... Yeah, I, no, I got, I, I got
0: no complaints. I, I, think,
1: I, think, I, I think he's been better than Paul McQuain, honestly. Like, the team looks better, and he's putting together a better lineup. So I'm like, I'm into it. But I don't think it's enough to make the playoffs. And that's my final answer. All right, Dave Cameron's not enough to make the playoffs. But what if Dave Cameron coached the team, and also our good friend Mark Mathot came back and played for the team? <laughs> what kind of
0: condition is mark Methot in right now like i know he he came back uh against colorado on thursday night like i i don't re- even really feel like i noticed him all that much i know he's on the third pairing with Griba, but he didn't seem like he was um he was super active
1: in the game like he played all that much isn't that what you wanted to your third pairing defenseman is you don't notice him <laughs> i'm telling you mark <laughs> methought's gonna turn this team around he's, did we ever he, find out been- what's actually wrong with mark Methot's
0: uh, haunches or loin area did anybody Whoa. ever say? Like, is he even healthy? He's apparently good enough to not have to continue to play badly in, in Binghamton. Like, he didn't look that great during his one-game rehab stint down in Binghamton. So, of course, the first thing they did was call him up. Uh, because if he's not quite good enough to play well in Binghamton, he's clearly uh, more than qualified to play for the Senators' defense at this point. So
1: so that's good. I feel like we've kind of missed out on something here. And that is the Mark Mathot equivalent of footloose i guess where like mark Mathot goes to a small upstate new york town and then teaches them how to party <laughs> yeah there's no dancing in binghamton until mark Mathot shows up right didn't you want more mark Mathot in binghamton stories he was only there for a few days and i was like dude if he spends like two weeks there like stuff's gonna get wild i i would have loved to have seen that i don't
0: know if stuff would have got wild or not like i can picture him Texting Peugeot and saying, you know, where where are the clubs? Where do we go here? And Peugeot's saying, Well, I guess you could go to Merlin's.
1: Here's the thing, this guy's used to like the best of the best. You know, this guy's used to being in Ottawa, you know the like, best of the serious nightlife. Exactly. Like it, where where else can you where else can you go that's gonna be better than Ottawa in terms of nightlife? I've got well, no idea. Well,
0: and he doesn't have his and bros he, there, right? Like he can't you know, even if it's just a Buffalo Wild Wings, he doesn't have like his crew of ten guys that he can roll up on Buffalo Wild Wings and just make it rain. So um, you know, I mean, I
1: suppose you could go out with Freddie Clayson in Binghamton, and maybe that would be a lot of fun, but, uh... What, you don't think he'd bring them down? This, like, <laughs> it's not that far. It's only, it's only he, like a five-hour bus ride. You know, he springs for, like, five guys. That's a hundred bucks, you know? I no, I think he, it's worth it. Put it's him worth on the hundred bucks to bring your bros down. So, for a little bit, it seemed, you know, the senators were c- keeping their hand close to the chest in terms of what they were going to do with Curtis Lazar. And then finally they were like, Curtis, we're going to let you run free. Go to your friends, the World Juniors. Enjoy what time you had there. And what happened was amazing. Curtis Lazar was kind of like everybody's
0: dad on that team, wasn't he? Because he's, he's what, two or three years older than Connor McDavid, Um, I think? think he's probably played the most nhl games uh of anybody on that team i could be wrong about that but he's certainly one of the savvier veterans uh they made him the captain he you know did all the right things said all the right things he was the media guy it, it's kind of weird that he's you know the kid in ottawa and he's the old guy uh on the junior team so that will be that will be an interesting transition when he comes back to play for the senators again because now he's you know i'm sure he's been the kid all year it would be great if he comes back Gold medal around his neck like a sacred talisman protecting uh protecting him from the terribleness of this team and you know immediately starts telling Chris Phillips what to do starts you know throwing shade at Colin Greening that's the that's that's a Curtis Lazar that I'd like to see come back someone who's uh got a little bit more cockiness to him now that he's uh now that he's a gold medalist in addition to being a memorial cup champion
1: for me Curtis Lazar was the guy who goes off to university and then comes back to like teach the high school kids what it's about it's like look you think you're good now in grade 12 but like trust me things get like way like he he like everyone's like tell me what it's like to be in the NHL Curtis Lazar and it's like oh boy will I ever you play on the fourth one you play 12 minutes a night even though you're amazing <laughs> like I, I think it was good for Curtis Lazar's confidence as well to like get into a place where like he could actually like beat people to like the net. Like, with respect to the junior team, he is the college guy
0: coming back and showing the high schoolers how to do it. But I think when you look at him on the NHL team coming back from juniors, it's kind of like he's that kid who did a semester abroad and now he won't shut up about it. So... (laughs) You know it's just like oh well you know when i was in france it's like yeah you know we heard that you were in france that's great you know now you're back here it would be interesting if he was you know he took the junior stuff and he's like well when i was uh when i was playing on a line with connor mcdavid we did this and colin greening's like that's very nice i'm not doing that <laughs> you know that would be that could be the other way to go with it
1: was that a little bit torturous though like watching connor mcdavid on a line with curtis lazar and thinking that could happen if not well, for the balance of probabilities
0: if if ever there's a year to you know tank just on the off chance i mean the senators aren't going to be bad enough to ever have a realistic chance at the number one pick um but as long Absolutely as they not. Tank as long dumb. as they miss the playoffs they've got something like even if they're the best team that doesn't make the playoffs they've still got something like a one percent chance at winning the lottery uh and i would take mm-hmm. those odds at this
1: point okay so you're done with this year's team though I guess that's it
0: I, I think I am done with this year's team, just because I don't know, being eight points out and trailing three teams for the second wildcard spot, I don't know that there is enough of an improvement possible from the current roster, even uh, that it's likely to be successful. I don't think they're going to get a ton from blowing it up, and I don't think they've got a ton in the cupboard, so I don't think they're a contender next year either, but I think that's still better than continuing to tread ro- water with the with the roster that they have. You know, I think, I think honestly... So, so there, getting the senators back into contending status at this point is a multi-year project, but might as well start, right, so might it, as well start now. Like instant, the, the problem, yeah, the, sena- I mean, the problem the senators have is that the guys that they can trade off that normally you'd be doing to dump salary. Like they can't dump that much salary. That's the problem They're You know, if they trade Legwand, if they find a guy who wants McCulloch, even if they trade Craig Anderson, like they're going to find themselves under the cap floor very quickly. Uh so they're probably ladies gonna...
1: and gentlemen you're a 2014 2015 Ottawa Senators. So
0: they're going to have to take some we money We can't back.
1: even trade anyone. You know, it's uh it doesn't uh it doesn't look all that good. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned all Ottawa needs is a few breaks. I, I just think that under Dave Cameron they've shown competitiveness even if the results have not been there necessarily. So if they had played and that in, the, in the, and that in the long run like okay, I think if if they get lucky and continue to play as well as they have been then maybe there's a chance they can be competitive so if they had and, and i don't know the answer season. to this but if they
0: had played if you ex- if you basically extrapolated how they've played under dave cameron this past month over the course of a season um are they a playoff team cuz aren't they still kind of right around 500 i know that the underlying numbers are better I but think, aren't they I still kind of right around 500 i think we're
1: looking at i think we're looking at at least toronto okay which know, is like, which and, is not in a playoff spot right now not right now but they're like sniffing it at least like they're a point <laughs> out so that's that's
0: your your best case scenario is that with dave cameron we can be the toronto maple Leafs. that's that exactly. that is arguably that's, that's far cool. darker than anything i've said
1: that is where the rubber meets the road my friend is wow. that on the on the other hand we could be the leaves and that would be better that's what i'm saying i, I you just gotta listen to me all I'm right just, yeah right You're just, this team's screwed never mind so let's play a little game. Um, I will say something about
0: this year's Senators team, and you have to say something that is more depressing. Trying to go full out right away. Let's see how long we can uh, let's see how long we can drag this out. So I'll start. All right, sure.
1: All right, go ahead.
0: Patrick Wierkosz is arguably the second most talented offensive defenseman on the roster, and most days he's not in the lineup.
1: Oh wow! All right, so I thought you said I thought you said we were starting like low. Oh, that is low. Trust me, we can get we can get a lot darker. Oh my god! So now it's All your right. turn. Uh, Mike Hoffman is twenty five, which means he's probably peaked in terms of his productivity at the NHL level. Okay.
0: The most NHL ready piece obtained in the Jason Spetza
1: deal, Alex Chason, does not look like a top six forward. Oh yeah, you're right, that's bad. In that vein, Alish Hemsky signed with Dallas for the same amount of money as Milan McCulloch signed in Ottawa. I have a a secondary point to that, though, which is that Milan McCulloch only has two less points in Ottawa than Alish Hemsky has in Dallas.
0: Milan McCulloch, um, who at this point is maybe a bottom six forward, was signed to a three-year, $4 million-a-year deal, in part and maybe primarily to get this team to the cap floor.
1: Whoa. That's that's dark. All right. Fair enough. Eric Greiba has the outside hockey business that we make fun of the least (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i don't know that that's as depressing
0: as mcculloch getting into the cap floor but but we can take it more so than mcculloch how about it doesn't appear that anybody on the roster if the team decides to rebuild this year and starts trading guys like craig anderson i don't think there's anything on the roster that will bring back a top six forward or high first round pick
1: Mark Borowiecki is still on the roster for the next three years after this. <laughs> oh, you're always begging on
0: Borowiecki. That's not <laughs> he's, like a, He's a seventh defenseman at a million dollars a year. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter.
1: It's he's twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the other defensemen we could have. He's, like a, char- he's Keith, a character guy. Keith yeah, you Yandel. Need- like, <laughs> yeah, on.
0: that was right. That, that's right. Because they said, well, I suppose we could go out and trade for Keith Yandel. No, nah, let's just let's just sign Borowiecki for four years for a million years, because those two things are equal in my mind. Yeah, I don't you're think right. Any, I, don't think any, I don't think that's the uh, I don't think that's the trade off. Um, okay, I've got one. Um, it doesn't look like there's a hell of a lot of NHL-ready talent Binghamton ready to step in if uh, uh, veterans like Mark Mathod and Craig Anderson are
1: traded. All right, that's pretty good. Um, Curtis Lazar's season peaked in January. <laughs> I think that's probably true. <laughs> Isn't it, though? We've got another year of Chris Phillips after this one. Ooh, now you're really bringing out the big guns. <laughs> Jared Cowan's ceiling might be not being the worst on the team. (laughs) I don't know. I still hold out a little hope for Cowan. Although I am glad that we don't have him for
0: eight years right now. Okay, here's one. Uh, We've got three more years of Colin Greening after this. We're wasting the best years of Eric Carlson's life. See, that I think wins. I think that is, it's hard to get, unless you basically say this team will never contend because of its ownership, ever, ever, ever. Uh, It's hard to get much more depressing than we're wasting Eric Carlson's prime. That's pretty depressing.
1: Yeah, I'm really upset right now. (laughs) Good work, us. You know who's still on this team? Eric Condra. Eric Condra hanging in there. Free agent to be Eric Condra. What's about to happen in the free agent negotiations for that guy? I think they're just going to let him walk away. (laughs) They're just going to be like, you know, we have... People who can do what you do.
0: <laughs> well, they we don't. That's the problem. Like he can't score, but he can kill penalties. He can play. Usually, Condra Condra's the guy that's always making something happen on the penalty kill. He's getting an amazing shorthanded breakaway that he completely flubs. Like that's what I'm going to miss about Eric Condra. Like he's a good player and he's going to make a great fourth line. Uh, winger on a very good playoff team, so I could see him going to Chicago.
1: Of course, I, I, that's the exact place where Eric Condra should go. I'm going to miss Eric Condra, like giving me the chance to hope before I realize it's Eric Condra. Like, <laughs> oh, never mind. And then like going back to Twitter, I it's like, oh, Eric Condra misses the wide open chance. Like, of course he did.
0: But with <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> but with Eric Condra gone, with Jason Spetsa gone. Um, it really starts to put a, like, we really do need to come up with some new hack jokes because we already don't have the Spezza drop pass, and if the Chondra wide-open miss, uh, goes away, I'm worried that we'll never between us have another tweet again.
1: No, no, we can, we can still do this, though, because we have Bobby Ryan can't spell intensity. <laughs> oh, that hasn't come back in a while, right? Like, we can, st- we can still work with this. When's his wedding coming
0: up, by the way? Is it this summer? Uh, i don't know i didn't i didn't get invited no i didn't so get invited I either no idea but uh i understand they're holding it outside in tents. so that would be
1: Ooh. that would be no all right whatever <laughs> no go with it go with it <laughs> so let's go cody cc and whatever pictures his mom posts on twitter what was the what was the picture in the your most recent it would be great makings? um to start a,
0: a series of photoshops of like Co- Cody CC's mom posting more and more pictures of like young Cody CC with famous people but they're all like increasingly bizarre photoshops where it's like 5-year-old Cody CC standing next to Mussolini or something <laughs> like that and she's like met met this guy at FanFest 96 you know, and it's like a black and white picture. That would be interesting. Yeah, here's here's a young, bored-looking five-year-old Cody Cc in a Sens jersey standing next to Enrico Fermi. <laughs> he, you know, after the first successful nuclear fission experiment.
1: Um, Mark Stone looks like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's true. That That's
0: underappreciated. Mark Stone also looks like the one of the baristas at the Starbucks near my office that I go to, who is the slowest man in the world (laughs) in terms of getting your black coffee or counting change. For someone who's always had to work on his foot speed, his Starbucks doppelganger also needs to uh, speed his game up a little bit. So... (laughs) shots fired as far as i'm concerned i'm calling you out uh french guy who looks like mark stone who counts change too slowly at the starbucks near my office this podcast is about taking is about calling people out taking names
1: we're taking no prisoners you're on you're now. on notice dude who looks like mark stone who's slow how about this Do you, is there anywhere else to go with jared cowan other than he looks like Sandfeld? <laughs>
0: Well, he doesn't even look like Seinfeld anymore. Um, his hair is so goddamn long that he just—he looks like Italian Seinfeld, I believe <laughs> you said. Yeah, he kind of looked like Italian Seinfeld, and now he kind of looks like what's even more rustic and Mediterranean and woolly than Italy? He looks like Corsican the Greek. Seinfeld, the Greek. Yeah, the, the or, yeah, he, lo- he looks Greek Seinfeld, but like from one of those weird. Islands in Mamma Mia, where like nobody's been to the
1: mainland in like forty years <laughs> or cut their hair. He's he looks he looks very Mediterranean, and he's about to be unemployed soon. <laughs> Greek Jared sign. or sorry, Greek Jared Cohen, I should say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is there going to be a place where you can go with Milan McCulloch that doesn't involve previous knee injuries?
0: No, because with McCulloch, it's just kind of uh, it's just kind of depressing at this point, right?
1: Like, he's you know, he's still he's a
0: serviceable guy, but he's not, um, I don't know, there's nothing exciting about Milan McCulloch. But you are talking about this from a joke-making perspective, right? So the problem with McCulloch now is that he's not a great player, but he's also healthy. So, so there's very little to say about him other than, eh, he's not very good. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's paid too much money. So he's in the he's basically he's in the Colin Greening zone. No, except no, at least with Colin Greening,
1: you can be like, well, didn't that guy go to Yale? <laughs> he is literally in the Colin Greening zone, in the fact that he's getting paid until 2018. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you want to build, though. Is you want to build from the fourth line forward. Yeah. So it's like call it Colin Greening, Zach Smith, solid fourth line for the next three years. We're in. I, I would be interested
0: to know if there was ever a game in the last year or so where the Senators' fourth line made more money than the Senators' first line. <laughs> and I bet you there was. There would have been a game where... And it may have just been where somebody was hurt on the first line, but you would have had... Tur- like, last year, you would have had Turris at, like, 3.5, MacArthur at 3, with... Um, let's say one of those games where Stone or Hoffman was, was called up and playing with them. And on the fourth line, you might have had Smith and Neil and Greening, right? And there, I want to say, I would, I would love for somebody to go back and look. There might have been a game where the fourth line made more money than the first line, or this year, right? If you had a fourth line of Legwand, McCulloch, and Greening, I would bet you there were games that that made that line made more money than um, than the first line, or certainly than the second line with like Ryan and Hoffman and had
1: That's amazing. I didn't even thought of that. You know, Uh, this,
0: this team's a mess. You want to talk about building from the bottom up? There you go. And maybe that, maybe that, maybe we can add that to our list of depressing facts. So, so here's I've, I've got I've got a new depressing fact for you. More depressing fact: This team that is already not a playoff team, uh, assuming everything is status quo next year, is going to be significantly more expensive for the same amount of talent. Because Ryan is going to be cool. Ryan is going to be paid more. Greening's going to be paid more. MacArthur's going to be paid more. Uh, Methot, if he's re-signed, is going to be paid more. Stone, Hoffman, Zabanajad, Shason are all
1: restricted free agents due for a raise. The team will cost a lot more, uh, but it will not be any better. See, you say that, but on the other hand, I won't have to hear about how this team's only spending to the cap floor anymore. (laughs) Well, the cap floor keeps going up is the problem.
0: Just just when we think we're finally on top of that cap floor, it, it goes up another few million dollars. It's tough, man. It's tough barely keeping your head above water. Well, I'm quite depressed, so I think we should call it here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you again uh, As always Yeah, well, I mean, I enjoyed our last show When we both agreed that uh, Paul McClain was not going to be fired And, of um, you know, things have gotten a little bit bleaker since then But, uh, you know, we move forward as we always do So, uh,
1: we'll leave it there And uh, thanks for coming along, folks And we'll see you soon See you next time Whoa For a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms, breaking the town's local hockey team down, some microphones on. No other podcast was finer, What was more of a hit with the big rig diners. We never thought they'd make it past episode five. Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shetan Parisi are alive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's the thing, though, is, like, I love Mark Borbieski because he and I literally have the same birthday. We are born on the exact same day. So, so you. And so like, he's my, he's, he's my brother in that way. So, like, I can never, like, rag on him too much. You are exactly as old as Mark Borbieski. Yes, I am. So
0: he and you and he have had equal amounts of time on this planet to develop and achieve something with their life. Right. Yes. He, and he I, has. He, and he has no head start wise. on you in terms of time. As much as you bag on Borvietsky, he is now a millionaire, and <laughs> you are not. <laughs> That's true. And he has had and, and he's achieved that in the same amount of time that you had to become a millionaire. So how can you tell me with a straight face that Mark Borbietzky is not in all respects a complete success? I was a late bloomer.
1: Just because he was at his top, uh, just because he was at the top of his game at the age of 19 doesn't mean I was. So, <laughs> so what you're saying you is go. you may achieve uh, success
0: later in your career. Uh, at a point when mark Borowiecki, uh has has long been discarded by the NHL that you may uh you're you're going to continue to trend upward where he may not that 's precisely what i'm saying okay. although Mark borvietsky could also be retired a multimillionaire at the age of thirty and if he does so, then more power to him <laughs> i'm just saying I think he's got it figured out now granted he is taller than you